And it is Sunday, December the 5th, and we will be talking about the uh, December, January. Oh boy, not only am I having trouble with 2020, oh, January the 5th. Thank you, Linda. And we will be in Leviticus chapter 8, and we are going to be discussing uh, what was done with the realm of consecration. We talked about that as a first part last week. Um, so I'll start off with my heading up here again. The tabernacle, dedicated the tabernacle and the priest. We are almost to the end of this. We're going to talk about the uh, realm of consecration and the wave offering. Anybody ever seen a wave offering done in church before? Really? Linda, you didn't see it either? Remember how the men and the women would take out their handkerchiefs? And they would wave them. Y'all yeah. yeah. have never seen that before? I have. You have. You know, most. We did it in our church. If you didn't have a hanky, then you were to just wave your hands before the Lord. It's been a long time since I've seen somebody uh, talk about that or call it that or uh, ask for someone to do that. Uh, been a really long time. No one has to go into that. Right. No one has to put okay. No. <laughs> Just making sure. I'll, I'll listen outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, want to start with a small review. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 8 and verse 1. The reason why we are still continuing on this and breaking it down is because this is the ceremony that the Lord told Moses back in the book of Exodus when he had him on Mount Sinai to conduct once the tabernacle was complete. So verse 1 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments, and the anointing oil, and a bullock for the sin offering, and two rams, and a basket of unleavened bread. And gather there all the congregation together and to the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him, and the assembly was gathered together unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses said unto the congregation, This is the thing which the Lord commanded to be done. Now remember all these steps we went through last week? Uh, they have been washed. Aaron has been dressed in all of his priestly garments. The uh, tabernacle has been anointed. Moses went through and uh, anointed all of the tabernacle, the curtains, the vessels of worship, the furniture, everything. Aaron has been anointed with oil. 
Remember, it poured down his head, through his beard, over his clothes. Come on in. Uh, Aaron's sons have been dressed. Look at that stranger. Where have you been? a sin offering made. And remember this was for unintentional sin. It's beautiful to clear that out of the way first, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they had never had an offering made for them before for their sins. Yeah. And if they're going to administer and be the priest over everyone and take their sins offerings on behalf of the people... Yes. Anything done unintentionally to stand before God had to be taken care of. I mean, 600 and something sins, do you really have them all memorized? Some are going to be unintentional. Right. So, and then there was a burnt offering made. And this was for total surrender. Remember, talked about not a particular sin. Yeah. But it dealt with just man's sinful nature in general. So last week, we talked about uh, the consecration, the beginning of this ceremony, where they brought the second ram forward. This was a bullock. This was a ram. And then they brought forth the ram, and they said it was for consecration. Now, does anybody remember what the word consecration meant? Yes, not what I expected. Yeah. What was it? To fill the hand. To fill the hand. We hear that word consecrate and is as defined in our dictionaries, it means to set apart and to be holy. But the word used here in Hebrew meant to fill the hand. Which doesn't take away our definition, it adds to it. You're filling, you're, you're doing God's work. You're mm -hmm. filling his hand. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing on your handout was the meaning of consecration. Since I didn't have a handout last week, I just wanted to run through this really quickly so you would have these in your notes. That the meaning of consecration is to fill the hand. God is now equipping you or filling your hands with the work that he wants you to do. Remember, these men were called to be priests. But they'd never been priests before. And especially in a setting where there was a, an official tabernacle, where there was going to be official worship, where there was going to be official rites of worship and uh, ordinances and things like that that they were going to have to cover. They may have led their families in worship and been the, the priestly uh, man of their household, but they had never been... Uh, in an office like this before. This was a first. So 
So then we talked about when uh, the animal was brought, the bull, the ram was bought, brought there. They laid their hands on the ram, which signified they're identifying with that animal that was going to be sacrificed in their place. And then it says Moses took the blood of the animal and he applied it to three places on Aaron and his sons. Do you remember those three places? The right ear, the right thumb, and the right big toe. Yep. And remember we talked about the right side was considered <coughs> superior. It was the strength of the body. And what did the ear refer to? Hearing. Hearing. That now these men were going to have to be tuned in to what God was saying to them. And what God would say to them for the rest of Israel, for all of the tribes of Israel, they were going to be that intermediary between them and God. What about the... Uh, Thumb. Work. Work. There's not a lot you can do without your thumb. It's hard. If you don't have one, you have to adapt and learn to do something else. I'll tell you, Ryan had surgery this week. And they went in and did some incisions on his left hand. They're getting him ready for dialysis. And he can't use that hand yet. And there has been so much he can do that I have to help him with that we weren't expecting because it's just, you know, the hand is swollen, the fingers are swollen, they don't work, there's no dexterity there, he can't put a lot of pressure on that hand yet. So even menial tasks, I found out I had to be a caregiver for things I didn't realize I was going to have to be a caregiver for. So everything takes a little longer. But if you have a part that's missing, that thumb is what makes, gives you the dexterity in your hands to conduct work. And it had to do with the work that these priests were going to be doing. They were going to be conducting all of these sacrifices going forward. And there were lots of sacrifices. Remember, just for that one week, we, you added up over a thousand animals that are sacrificed in one week. Um, and then what about the big toe? Balance. Yep, that's where your balance comes from, and it's attributable to your walk. Going forward, these men were not just normal men anymore. They had been uh, pulled into God's service where they were going to be listening to Him and listening for Him. They were going to put their hands to work for Him, and they were to do His bidding, and their walk was to be special. Remember, all of Israel is now looking up to these men yes. as their ministers. Don't we look to our ministers in a different light than just a regular layperson or anyone else? A lot of times we do. They are to be held at a higher uh, standard. Not that we're to put them on a pedestal and worship them. That's wrong. But in the Bible it says... Uh, you know, that uh, if you're a, you, you, uh, at your stations and at your callings, uh, you are accountable for more, yes. depending on what God's call on your life is. Yes. yes. So, that's where we're to today. So, he has taken the blood of the ram, and he has anointed and smeared their ear, their thumbs, and their toes, signifying that men, you're no longer normal, ordinary men. 
you are now called and you are uh, going to be used of God. So the next thing that they did with these rams, let's look at uh, verse 25, chapter 8 and verse 25. And he says that he took the fat and the rump and all the fat that was upon the inwards and the call above the liver and the two kidneys and their fat and the right shoulder. That doesn't sound like the choicest pieces if we are looking at an animal. We would value um, the, the hide, the skin. We would value the meat. But these were the things that were important to God and were considered uh, the most important part of the animal. So I have them listed all for you there on a table. And we can go through them really quickly. The first part, it says he took the fat. The fat of the animal for God was considered the choicest part. I said, I'd make a wonderful sacrificial animal. I've got plenty of excess stuff hanging around everywhere. But it was considered the choicest, the richest part of the animal was the fat. Then it says he took the rump. Which, you know what that part is. That's the tail. And the area surrounding the tail of the animal. And it said they took the inwards. Which would be the entrails and the interior part of the animals. And all the fat that was upon them, this fat, whether it was on the outside, around the meat, if it was around the inward organs, everything, that fat was considered choice. Now, I don't like fat. I put a pork roast in the crock pot on New Year's Day, and it had a big thing of fat across the bottom. I'm like, I don't want to deal with that after it's cooked. It's squishy and gross. I cut it off beforehand and threw it away because I'm like, I ain't dealing with that. I don't like fat. My grandfather, on the other hand, give him the fattest piece of meat. He was the happiest man in the world. He loved ham fat, pork fat, beef fat. It didn't matter what it was. But isn't it just like the Lord to take what's the unhealthiest for us? Because if you look at what is, is listed here, this is the unkosher part. This is the part closest to the bacteria. This is the part closest to what can make you sick. Mm -hmm. You don't eat those entrails. You don't eat the parts that are... And in fact, mine does not say shoulder. Mine says thigh. Everything is the second half of the animal. Mm -hmm. And what I'm reading here, it's not the first half of the animal. So this is kosher versus unkosher, and God wants the dirtiest and considers it the holy part for him and even keeps us clean. Mm -hmm. that's, not, that's just another example of his miraculous. Mm -hmm. And then it says the call which I had to find this when we, we've talked about this before when we were talking about the, uh, the sin offering and the burnt offerings. The call I defined as intestines before. Yes. It's actually a membrane closing that goes around them. It can refer to the intestines or it can also refer to the heart. Mm -hmm. And there is a scripture where it does refer to the heart. Uh, but it is a membrane enclosure. 
that is on the inside of the animal. So you can still call it the intestines, but it is like a membrane yeah, that it's is a inside. Sac that holds your vital organs in place, apparently. I knew Donna would know she's been through all this. Then it says the liver. That was the heaviest and most important organ. And isn't that interesting? Because it's the large, it's the filter of the body that holds all the toxins. And nobody knew at the time but God. No, exactly. Then they took the kidneys. And that was considered an essential organ. <laughs> I'm also not an organ meat person. I don't like anybody. I was. My dad was a butcher. And we eat. You ate all of it, didn't you? We eat whatever. <laughs> and down here in the South, I mean, that's normal. It's normal down well, here. Beef liver and pork liver was what builds your iron in your blood. Mm -hmm. It does. I know my mom loved beef liver, but when she and mostly when when I was growing up, you didn't get a separate dinner. You ate what mama cooked. You know, my boys, if they didn't like what I cooked, they got a sandwich or chicken tenders or something. You know, um, or I modified what I cooked for them to have something that they would eat. Uh, without too much fuss, but my mom, anytime she cooked something that we didn't particularly care for, my dad always made us at least try some of it. I'll never forget she cooked rutabagas one time, and she had a mashed, like mashed potatoes, and me and my sister both thought they were mashed potatoes, and mom and daddy didn't say anything otherwise, and here we are with beef out of our plate. Love <laughs> So mom and daddy didn't say anything. We both dug in and we're both sitting there going, <laughs> you know, those dry things that kids have and adults sometimes. We didn't have to eat the rest of them. We ate one bite. But it was like, that was a mean trick. And of course they laughed. They thought it was funny. But when my mom would cook liver, because my dad didn't like it, we didn't have to try it. So there was a double standard there. If daddy didn't like it, we didn't have to eat it but um, so Donna has always already pointed out in the version of the Bible that she is reading that word shoulder says thigh. It actually means thigh. Why it is translated shoulder in the King James version, I don't know. But it is refers to the thigh, the upper leg, the hind leg of a sacrificial animal. So it is thigh. That's what it means in the Hebrew there. So these were all the things. Now Moses had killed the animal. He's taken blood. He has anointed uh, Aaron and his sons. And then they pulled this part. Remember how they would cut up the sacrificial animal. They would cut it at natural joints. They would clean the inside. Uh, they would lay it out on the altar. Um, there's the altar. You know, they didn't lay it out one leg up here and uh, two arms up here and a head down here. They laid it the way that the animal was, but it was disjointed. 
So they took all of these parts, these choice parts, and listen what it says they did. Out of verse 26, it says, Now, and out of the basket of unleavened bread, remember that was one of the ingredients, one of the things that Moses was told to bring to this ceremony. Get Aaron and his sons, get the garments, take these particular animals, take a basket of unleavened bread. Um, And it says, out of that basket of unleavened bread that was before the Lord, he took one unleavened cake. So the first thing, and this is on your chart down at the bottom of the page, it says three, the types of bread that were included. There was a cake. Obviously, there were different kinds of unleavened bread. The cake, it said, would have been perforated or punctured. It would have had holes in it. said it also he took a cake of old bread so there would have been some type of bread that had been uh, had oil rubbed on it so there was one that was just a cake that had been perforated or punctured and then there was one that had oil on it and then it says a wafer so that would have been a thin cake like a cracker I never thought about unleavened bread being more than one thing. But obviously in the basket that was brought to God, there were different types that were made that the people consumed. Maybe one was breakfast, one was dinner, or lunch, and one was dinner. And if you follow the feast, there's these different ones at different times. Mm -hmm. So there were different types of bread. But it says that they took this bread and they put it upon the fat and upon the shoulder. Those two particular things, they took those bread, one of each, and put it on the fat and upon the right shoulder. So we're talking a hunk of meat here because we're talking about a ram that has been sacrificed. It's, it's a large thing. And, it, and then it says, he put all upon Aaron's hands and upon his son's hands and waved them for a wave offering before the Lord. So what a wave offering was is it said that the priest and Moses is asked, acting as the priest because this uh, dedication of the priest from Aaron and his sons is not complete yet. So Aaron is at, or not Aaron, Moses is acting as the, as the priest. And he said he would take Aaron and the sons and they would put this piece of meat, they would put this fat, and they would put this bread on their hands, in their hands. Isn't it interesting that consecrate means to fill the hand? The next step after, and this realm of consecration was to fill their hands with this wave offering. Wow. And they said what the wave offering was is that the priest, the offerer, because wave offerings were not just used in this instance, they are used throughout sacrifices. They are used during festivals. There's different reasons why they would use them, but said the priest would actually put his hands underneath the person that is offering this wave offering. And they would wave it. Back and forth. Not up and down, but back and forth before the Lord.
And what that meant, what a wave offering was, is that it was a show of servitude, of peace, and commitment. Sometimes these are referred to, from what I have studied and what I have found, as a peace offering. It means that everything is good between God and man at this moment. Yeah, you're showing him that you've obeyed. Mm-hmm. So they take this shoulder, this thigh of this animal, and they take that fat. And I'm assuming it's just in big chunks. And Aaron and his sons are standing there, and Moses is there with them, and they're waving it back and forth before God. God, we've done what you said to do. This is what you commanded. We've done everything up until this point just exactly like what you have commanded. And we are all about this commitment thing now. Our hands have been filled. Not only have you filled them for us this first time, but you know what? Now we can continue this process with other Israelites as they come to worship you. And it said what it showed is that this offering was presented to God But then God gives it back to those that are involved in the sacrifice, those that are offering it. Because this meat, this choice meat here, is actually given to the priest. That's part of their, call it pay. That is part of their earnings that they get. Because remember, the Levites didn't have land that was given to them because they were in charge of the tabernacle. They were in charge of God's service. But they did get something that would sustain them and their families. This is one time that the meat is given to the priest. With a sin offering, with a burnt offering, it's burned totally on the altar. Nobody gets any of it because these go directly to God. This wave offering or peace offering as it's called, is we're offering it to God, but God in turn is turning around and giving it back to us, back to the user. So it will benefit them. And that is found in the book of Leviticus, if you want to put that down for a scripture reference, where it says that this meat is given back to the priest, is Leviticus chapter 7 and verses 28 through 36. I don't know. I was trying to find the differentiators between those. And as of right now with what I've studied, I don't know the differentiators. I'm sure that there are. Like you mentioned, different days of feast and when offerings are made. I'm not sure. I think I've got to say that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have any idea, but I know it's mentioned several times and it's definitely something different than the others. So if we go on into verse 28 of Leviticus chapter 8, it says, And Moses took them off their hands. So it has been waved to the Lord back and forth. And then Moses takes those and he burns them on the altar Upon the burnt offering. It says they were consecrations for a sweet savor. It is an offering made by fire 
unto the Lord. This is the only time that this is ever burned in full on the altar was at the dedication of the priest. Any other time there is a wave offering that is given, the meat is returned to the priesthood. But this time, this instance, it was burned upon the altar. Now it says there, in verse 28, it says they were consecrations. Now that word consecrations there, remember we talked about consecration meant to fill the hand. That word means that it was an installation or an inauguration. Your role as the priesthood, you have now been installed. You have now been inaugurated. Think about when we elect a president. They have a huge inauguration day. There's speeches made. There's a ball. There's all kinds of ceremonies and things to celebrate that inauguration of that leader. Well, that's what this was. It was an inauguration of these gentlemen to be priests. Then verse 29 tells us, it says, And Moses took the breast. This is the front part of the animal that you can see if you're looking head on into the animal. It's the front portion of the breast of the animal. And he said he waved it for a wave offering. Moses does now on his own before the Lord. For of the ram of consecration, it was Moses' part. Mm. As the Lord commanded Moses. So not only do the priests get the shoulder, but they also get the breast. I'm thinking KFC. <laughs> Through the drive through. I mean, I want to find a rest. Well, now, now you're talking my Jeez. area right here. I am, a, I am a chicken breast person. If it comes to chicken, that's what I want. But I think. Interesting, that one's Moses. Mm-hmm. That is Moses' part because he is acting. As the head. At this point, Moses is the intermediary between God and man. That is about to be turned over to Aaron and his sons. Not that Moses is going away. Moses is still going to receive instruction from God and he will be involved, but he will not be involved in the worship in the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. That will all turn over to Aaron and his sons. Now, I had asked earlier before y'all three came in uh, if you'd ever seen a wave offering in a church done before. Not with me. No, not with me. What did you see it with? I saw it out of plants. Plants? Mm-hmm. Okay. Agriculture, but the horse. Mm-hmm. Because there is a wave offering that's done at the ceremony of first fruits. Yes. And they do bring the, uh, again, it is the grain yes. that they bring. And it is waved before the Lord. It's beautiful. Jeanette's seen it, and I have too. I've seen it before with hand raised. 
Oh, wow. And they actually said, let's give a wave offering to the Lord. And people would take out, because that's when every woman carried a handkerchief to church. And men always had handkerchiefs. And they literally would pull them out, and they would unfold them and wave them before the Lord. It was beautiful. I remember seeing it when I was a kid. I remember seeing it at like general, not general assemblies, but at camp meetings and, you know, large uh you know, where there was more than one church, it was the full body joined together and they would do that. Recognize us while we're here. It's something that we are giving to God and if it symbolizes peace and goodwill and then God gives it back to us, if that's the significance of the wave offering in the Old Testament, what does Jesus say? My peace I give to you. When he came, it says goodwill towards all men. If people didn't have handkerchiefs, they would just take their hand and wave them. Yes. Well, that does mean definitely. Yeah. They never see the handkerchief. Most people don't carry handkerchiefs mm-hmm. anymore. Even men, for the most part, unless they've got a runny nose when they leave the house that morning. Yeah. They might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually it's a, a sleeve or something, yeah. yeah. A hand, and then you rub it down your legs. That's what my boys do. <laughs> Joseph tells me that's why I wear blue jeans because they don't show stuff. Oh, boys, what can I say? I tried to raise them better. <laughs> You're surviving. You're doing But my challenge to you this morning is if a wave offering is something that you give to God and it is the best of the best. And you offer it to God, and in turn, He's going to give you something back. You think we need to give wave offerings this mm-hmm. morning? Do you think we would absolutely freak out the rest of the church if we offered wave offerings to God this morning? Uh, Probably. We inspire them, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. When we come into the house of God, you know, it's. We like to think this is for us when we come in. Lord, I need to hear from you. I'm burdened. I've got, I've got so much going on, and I just need to hear from you. But you know, worship a lot of times is about Him. Yes. It's what we give Him. Yes. It's what He calls us together for is to learn about Him. Yes. To hear from Him. And it's our, remember, reasonable service? We talked about last week that we were to give a sacrifice, offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, which is our reasonable service. And that word reasonable meant intelligent. As our relationship with God grows and as we learn more, that reasonable sacrifice that we're giving is to change. What starts out when we're babies in Christ and just starting on this journey with Him You know, we don't know much. So if all we can say is, I love you, Lord, or thank you for saving me, that's reasonable. But if you've been on this journey for 20 years, or 10 years, or even 5 years, you should have grown past that. And there should be more things that you can tell him than, I love you and thank you for saving me. That's a starting point, but our relationship is to grow we start, you know, we can thank him for things that, you know, we, we didn't know to thank him for before. 
I like the one that Pastor Brown says, thank you for the things that you don't know he's done. You know, well, I was delayed this morning. Now I'm late. And then you find out that a tree fell. And it would have been right about the time you would have been going down that part of the road that that tree fell. What about on 9-11, those people that talked about we were late getting to work that morning. Something delayed us. And if I had been there on time at my desk, I would not have survived that attack. You know, we don't think about things like that where God is intervening and making things happen in our life. The things that we don't know, yes. do we thank Him for those? All of the times that we could have suffered, that we could have perished, that our families could have been hurt. Did anybody see Corey Henderson's pictures on Facebook this week? Cassandra, his wife, had a, a very bad uh, car accident last Sunday after she was leaving work. And if you could see the pictures of her car, I don't see how she walked away. They said she has a bruise from the seatbelt. And I mean, her car is demolished. And she's pregnant. Yes, she just found out she's pregnant. She's fine. The baby's fine. But her car is absolutely mangled. And Corey's comment on that was, um, I pray for my wife and children every day that I never thought or I never realized. And, you know, what if that morning he hadn't prayed and asked? Or what if that wasn't his normal thing to pray and, and say, God, you know, thank you for this family that you have gifted me. Please keep your hand on them this day. Yeah, that's like when I rode the cement truck. The last words I remember saying, Lord, I'm in your hands. Mm-hmm. And after mm-hmm. it's all over with, I'll come out with, with a concussion. Huh. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's twice it's happened to me. One, I was eight years old. Oh, wow. And I come out with just a extra hole in the head and concussion. I think there's lots of little things like that that we don't even think about. And, but it tells us that God directs our souls. Yes. That he orders our life that he's taking us from point A to point B, and we don't even think about all the things that happen in between those points. Because we, a lot of times we forget he's in charge, and we think we're doing these things. But it's God that's watching over us. So not only did I challenge you last week about your ear and your hand, your thumb and your foot, going into the new year. But now we have knowledge of a wave offering where we give to God and He in turn gives back to us. was something that was used in the Old Testament and I have seen it used in my lifetime as well and it's beautiful. I mean, if you're in a sea of people, I know there had to be a couple of thousand people there when I saw it at a camp meeting and there were just, just white it was mostly what I remember seeing was white handkerchiefs and they were just white. And it was like the Spirit of God just settled over that place. Yeah, so it pleases me, you know, that mm-hmm. love going on. Mm-hmm. These aren't just old laws that we should forget. I'm not saying let's kill animals. We know that we don't need that, but yeah. these offerings he deserves. Mm-hmm. And we forget. It's just 
just like the song that Ashley and uh, Lindsay sing. Yes. And it talks about let our incense rise. Yes. That would have never meant as much to me if we had not studied Amen. the altar of incense. Amen. And incense means our prayers. <laughs> our prayers rising to God. And he says it is a sweet savor to him. It says that this was a sweet savor to God. These two that dealt with sin were not sweet savers. All of the other offerings that were given were considered sweet savers unto God. He smelled them. They smelled pleasing to Him. So that means that our thankfulness, our praise, our commitment, the things that we can offer to God um, are pleasing to Him. And that's all He wants is us. Just us. So let's have a word of prayer before we go upstairs. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can read it and see your hand and how you wanted worship to be and how you planned it all out. And that even after Jesus came as our perfect sacrifice and that he took our place, Lord, that there's still things we offer to you. Lord, and you bless you just want us. Help us to be more mindful of that in this coming year, Lord. Help us to give everything that we can of ourselves to you, Lord, where you can use us, where you'll receive glory out of our lives. Lord, I pray that you'll be here in our service today, Lord. We invite you into our presence. We ask that you move as only you can. Walk up and down the aisles of our church, Lord, and rest upon each of us, Lord. Help us to worship you. Help us to open ourselves up to you and not be distracted, Lord, by anything else that might be going on. But just offer ourselves to you as a wave offering, Lord. And find it pleasant and a sweet aroma, Lord, as you look upon us, your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you are it's interesting you can talk about the handkerchiefs. Um, we were just cleaning up my grandparents' home, and I just received an entire bag of white cotton handkerchiefs. Should, should I be impressed and bring them to the church? Maybe put in a basket for such a. Should we set them aside? We can do that. Why don't I just get them?